an ironic media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. In today's episode, we're talking with Joanna Rasling, Diamond Leader at Duterra Essential Oils. Joanna is a dear friend of mine. She started her career 30 years ago in medical sciences and pursued medical research investigating antibiotic-resistant superbugs. She found her collapsed health and mental illness leading her on to a path of holistic health. She is also a certified aroma touch technique trainer, rapid transformational therapist, certified hypnotherapist, certified functional nutrition and lifestyle practitioner. Today, she finds great success and satisfaction working with essential oils, functional nutrition using specialty diets, bioenergetic subconscious retraining using rapid transformational therapy, whilst applying medical research from the natural sciences. We're talking with Joanna about sleep, depression and aromatherapy and this episode is packed with deep personal information and profoundly specific protocols to get you started on supporting your sleep and health through aromatherapy. Welcome to the Sleep Whisperer podcast. I'm your host Deepa. Join me and my many expert guests and medical professionals from the cutting-edge science of functional medicine of the West and ancient wisdom of the East. Learn all about how to discover your root causes of poor sleep and understand the proper tools and techniques to end your confusion and begin getting a good night's sleep. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey with the Sleep Whisperer podcast. Welcome, Joanna. So how about you just get started on what actually triggered this whole journey. So what was that origin story of yours where your sleep got disrupted and So how about we get started just with your life story. So what actually brought you from a point of pain to where you are today? And as you know, all of us have that painful journey, which is what is the trigger in this whole direction of healthcare. So I'm excited to share that story of yours before we go anywhere else. Thank you for having me, Deepa. My journey, I was um, a very busy uh, PhD student. Um, I de- I, my career background, I was a medical scientist and I went in down the medical research route and very stressful, um, you know, working on a thesis, time deadline, my scholarship was running out. It becomes all-consuming. So I just became so focused. So it was my whole world. It was literally sleep, eat and the lab and yeah, I was also working part-time as a research assistant and basically I burnt myself out and didn't realise the insomnia that I was actually suffering from. I got to the point where I, my sleep had become so dysfunctional and now looking back I know that that actually led into me developing a mental illness and I was diagnosed with um, major depressive disorder. When you say sleep disruption, what do you mean by that? What was sleep disruption looking like for you? So sleep disruption, um, this is before I met my current husband and had, and had children, so it was my later 20s, and it, I'd become so focused on my PhD and my thesis writing and my research that, and just trying to get it done 
with this time crunch of not having any money, my survival was reliant on me being to pay my rent and other things. And so it was just this D-Day that was looming and it became such a pressure cooker of stress that actually I can now see, I understand the mechanisms of what went wrong. But back then I had no idea that sleep was impacting my mental capacity which then crumbled and actually led into a mental illness. So my sleep disruption, it was so, when I was trying to go to sleep, I couldn't. The stress was, was keeping me up. Um, I just couldn't stop thinking about things. And I didn't have any tools at the time. I, there was a whole range of tools I have now. I didn't have anything or know that there was something awry. And I thought I was invincible. I was, you know, in my 20s, young. You know, you think you're resilient and that you don't won't become broken or have any illness, certainly not chronic illness. And as a medical scientist, I was, we didn't get taught a lot about chronic autoimmune or any other forms of chronic infl inflammatory, apart from diabetes and other things like that. It was not, you know, it was mainly acute situations. So what did rock bottom look like? Was it overwhelm? Was it anger? Was it I, tears, I inability to communicate? How did rock bottom look like for you personally? Anxiety to such an extent that I couldn't, I couldn't leave the house. To see another human being apart from boyfriend at the time, and other, I, I couldn't function. And I just couldn't stop crying. It was almost like I could not go outdoors. I couldn't be outside. It was too expansive. Um, and I, I just couldn't cope with day to day. I, I would go from one room to another. Like my, my mental dis dis dysfunction had gotten to such an extent that I couldn't, I would leave a room to maybe go to the bathroom and I'd forget why I'd left the room. And I was terrified. Like I, I constantly, it was developing an OCD and other things. Like did I leave the, you know, if I tried to, to cook something. So basic everyday tasks were very, very difficult. Um, I even remember at one point, once I was diagnosed with major depression, no one ever asked me about my sleep. No one ever linked it. I found, I realised myself, pieced it all together late, much later on. Um, and this occurred 20, over 20 years ago. So it's, I've been on this 20-year journey now of unravelling how to get well after spending four years heavily medicated and seeing different psychiatrists and different um, psychologists. And they were basically just trying to find a medication balance that worked. The defining moment was I was after this four years of going around in circles and actually feeling I'd not addressed anything to do with the sleep. And I started to realise that this isn't normal and why isn't anyone asking me about this? And I started to, yeah, to connect some dots, but I still had no idea why I've become And so you were a scientist, so didn't you ever make those some of those connections? Did you realise for yourself that you are in depression or what did it take to actually get a diagnosis? It occurred so gradually. I mean, I realised obviously once I'd hit this, hit this wall where I could barely forget what I was doing from one room to the next. Eventually I went to a local GP and I was just very blessed that this particular GP that I was booked in to see was a new graduate. And so this is in the year 2000. And it was before in Australia we had even had um, the launch of Beyond Blue, which was a program initiated by the federal government about depression, about mental health. It was still very much, this is 20 years ago, it was people didn't talk about mental health. Yeah, my best friend at the time, she didn't know how to handle it and thought I should snap out of it and just stop being lazy. I had family members that struggled with that. Fortunately, um, my mum was amazing. And as a mother of five, she had had you know, times in her life that she had 
really, really struggled. And so having someone to call who understood how deeply black and how heavy, it's like this massive weight crushing your body. I can't even describe it. It's just such a horrendous blackness. But now I understand that my cells in every cell in my body was struggling to basically do even respiration. I was just really depleted and highly toxic with lots of inflammation. When you said that friends didn't understand, I know that there are people even today who've probably been through five years of depression and come out of it. And I still see them struggling to accept that somebody was not there for them at that point in time. So is that something hard for you to accept today that people didn't understand what you were going through? And I know that it bothers a lot of people many, many years later. I mean, it's, it's a simple thing. Like if you haven't experienced something, especially something that's not talked about, and there's no education, and there's a taboo around it. You know, it wasn't that long ago that we used to, we would remove people from society if they were showing any forms of mental illness. Um, it was deemed to be weak. And yet it's no different to a broken bone, having something go awry with some physical part of you, a physical organ or tissue, as opposed to your brain, is still a physical part of you, but it can manifest in different ways. People, the awareness now, it's awareness and education, which is why I'm so... Um, I loved speaking about this and the connection. So you have to remember, I was a trained medical scientist and I was taught to look down into the micro. You know, I was looked at blood and looked at people's tissue and um, I was a trained micro, I'm trained in microbiology. So I go looking for the cause of infection and everything is separate. We actually have different departments to look at the blood and to look at your biochemistry and to look at the microbes and to look at your tissues. That's histopathology. It's all very separate. No one... But there's a future of medicine is to actually, and this is what we do as holistic health coaches, we, we look at the whole and we, can, we look at the person as a whole entity. And no one was connecting and asking me what's going on for you. I'm able to help people so much more now that I have had this, this experience and what I needed 20 years ago. I know exactly what I need to, to ask my clients and really sort of tease out their actual the truth of what they're doing because there's there's habits that have crept in that are really dysfunctional probably when are you eating you know your body works in cycles it absolutely has to work to a clock we can thwart that at our peril and something that we tend to do as teenagers where our, our clock that clock slips a little and they've done massive amounts of studies on this so so certain schools in europe are actually moving the start time for high school to be later in the day to account for this this clock slippage you should not allow children to be forced to wake up and let them wake up naturally and their performance increase by 30 percent it's profound so comes to what you're saying about depression i think that while we are raising a lot of awareness today i feel that people are still not digging deeper as to root causes of it and while medication is a very important aspect in many forms of mental illness, it can be concerning that somebody is not even asking questions like, is your sleep broken? What are you eating? Are there any deficiencies? So I think your approach where you are blending science with holistic health is simply profound because that is allowing people to look at depression from every angle 
and uh, you've also got that science background which is integral to understanding biochemistry and systems which is also part of healthcare and i think that intersection is what is so beautiful so i want us to talk a little bit more about depression and you once told me that depression and sleep share a bidirectional axis so each can uh, trigger the other so if you have depression or some form of anxiety then it impacts the quality of your sleep or even the ability to sleep itself and then if you're sleeping poorly for long stretches of time then you're increasing your risk to develop anxiety and depression so there's a deep bidirectional axis there so what actually happens to the brain in terms of biochemistry what happens to the brain when there's poor sleep that's perpetuating for a long time well a normal sleep cycle and we pray for this when we have a newborn child to look after and they ha- we all have sleep cycles and in in a grown adult it's around 90 cent- 90 minutes and we move through um five phases and it's really important that 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 cycle is is recurring and that we have enough of those cycles in a night for for normal bodily processes to take place so when we're just drifting off it's very light why don't you just say what are the different stages of sleep so we're do we're just starting from scratch and then you can tell us what happens in each of those stages and we can go from there so there's the five stages four are non rem So we start off and we're just slightly going to sleep we're sort of in that twilight we're not yet asleep and so forth. Second stage our heart rate starts to slow down, our body temperature starts to slow down and we start to get a more rhythmic breathing pattern. And then we move into the third stage of non-REM sleep. Um and this is a deep sleep. Um we have very slow delta waves and that's that sleep. And as we're moving through we go even deeper, very rhythmic, um very limited muscle activity. So you're not supposed to be moving. and then we move into the rem phase and rem you'll notice that you'll see that when you watch your pet sleep when they're twitching and looking like they're and they're running through the forest or whatever they're doing and in babies you'll see them actually look like they're smiling at you but their their faces twitching and their eyelids are fl- um and you can see that their eyes are moving underneath their eyelids that's rem and so it's a rapid eye movement and that's what it's referred to as rem so that's that last stage and then the whole cycle starts over again and we want to have at least 5 to 6 cycles minimum a night so can somebody actually be sleeping for 8 to 9 hours and not going through all those stages of sleep and not having enough cycle because i know a lot of people who perhaps they go to bed at 1 am and then they sleeping for the next 9 to 10 hours and waking late morning so they feel that they've slept 10 hours but they have so many health challenges and keep stressing that it's not whether you get that many hours of sleep what matters is when you sleep and also you could be sleeping 10 hours and not moving through all those stages as you should be so can somebody actually be sleeping many hours and not moving through all those stages of sleep absolutely and so if you have any chronic illness i i think it should be part of the investigation um if it's not obvious for a sleep study 
And through that, they'll actually will record um, the frequencies going through your brain through the night and you'll actually be all plugged up. It's a little bit weird. I have had that done to really assess what was going on for me. And so if you're not getting down into deep delta wave frequency sleep, which is when um, frequencies as low as four hertz, dreamless sleep, it's deep sleep, um, it's when you have maximum immune system function and maximum rejuvenation and restoration occurring in your body and in your tissues. So if you're not getting these consistent amounts of theta and delta, you're not going to be healing and restoring, and that's when we recuperate is when we sleep. There's um, a family in Europe that um, has a genetic trait that switches on in their 30s, and it's horrendous. They are, Without sleep, they get to a point where they cannot sleep at all, and it's actually a death sentence, and, they, and it causes them to pass away. And it takes, once they just gets triggered in their 30s, it's passed on through the family line. And then we've learned a lot about from this family over the years as how imperative sleep is um, and how damaging it is not to have these different levels of sleep. And they did a lot of studies on, on members of this family. Pretty terrifying, really, that condition. I've forgotten what it's called, but it's named after the family from memory. So it's absolutely imperative that we have all these different types of frequencies occurring in our brain. And it's actually by accident I, I started doing meditation and I listened to binaural beat meditation, which actually makes the frequency happen. So I remember laying there. I didn't actually go to sleep. It had become so bad on the medications that I'd been prescribed that I wasn't having any sleep. But fortunately with this meditation, my brain didn't realise. I would just lay there. My eyes, I just had my eyes closed, but I wasn't actually asleep. I remembered all night. But my brain thought that I was getting restore and restoration. It was being taken through these different frequencies. And so over time, I undid all the habits and just started to learn different ways to relax. And it's quite an interesting thing to actually surrender to an illness. I remember very profoundly having that shift and it was, it stayed me well when I did become a mum. I really, um, <laughs> all these different tools I now had in my toolbox from the binaural beat um, audio, meditation, um, Maybe you could share uh, one link for that and I'll uh, um, add it to the show notes. You have uh, shown me images of how the body's programmed to do different things at different times of the day. And so therefore, we should be sleeping at a particular time and waking at a particular time. And just yesterday, I had a conversation with somebody. Uh, she goes to bed by about uh, nine o'clock and uh, everybody in the family constantly mocks her, especially when they have family gatherings. And they make fun of her and they they are up way into the night eating heavy meals past midnight and she's actually so comfortable going to bed at nine and now she's made that a non-negotiable for herself irrespective of anybody being there but it really pains her that somebody not just doesn't understand her but they're also making fun of and this is very common I think where people don't understand why you have this rigid bedtime and so how about you just take us through how are we supposed to be programmed to do certain things at certain times and why should we be sleeping at a specific time? Absolutely so our bodies haven't through evolution we, we haven't changed that much since for, since forever and 
we have rapidly changed in our environment. We now have artificial light. Um, we no longer use candles to sit by. Um, we have very bright lights at night. We used to go to sleep with the sun and wake with the sun. And that's how our body is designed to work. We stay up late at our peril. We really risk damaging. We don't realise it. It's a slow incremental thing and it's fine for most people when they're younger and they've still got lots of vitality and new stem cells being born every day um, and different recuperation properties. But as we start to age, this becomes a very big problem. All the processes that occur in our body, um, millions of processes are occurring at any given moment, they all require a clock and our body needs to know, well, when do I make digestive enzymes to break down the food in my stomach? When do I need to make everything work? And there's a sequence to all of this. It doesn't just come out of nowhere. The body makes it very stressful for the body, actually, if it doesn't have a set time to do things. It knows when it wants to have a clean of the liver, cleanse of the liver. It knows when it wants to boost the immune system and have a bit of a purge through the body. So, for example, we have the highest body temperature at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Sorry, at 7 o'clock in the evening. Um, our blood pressure is higher at about 6 o'clock at night. Um, there are different processes through our, our body clock that matches the 24-hour, roughly matches the 24-hour time clock. Our immune system is supposed to be heightened. So you want to be going to bed so that they say that the hours between 10 and 1 a.m., an hour's worth of sleep in that time frame is worth three hours later. So if you're not going to bed till after like midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, you're really getting discounting a lot of that amazing restorative deep rejuvenation. And so perpetually one day, one, you know, one evening here and there, it's not a problem. It's when this becomes chronic and it's, it's just the, your way of life. And then you're dealing with a habit. Once you've been doing something consistently for 21 days, you can lock in a good or a bad habit. Either way, it's a habit. Um, just like we don't often walk out the house without, you know, our underwear on or our watch, you know, it's a habit. We know we're missing something. And we feel um, unusual if we don't have that item with us or we don't have a normal pattern. We have habits that we end up dictating um, our quality of life. And chronic inflammation, just messing with your sleep alone is enough to set up chronic inflammation and chronic stress in the body all by itself. That's not including diet. It's not including issues you might be having with work or relationships it's not including any other factors. Just messing with your sleep is enough to set you on the path for chronic inflammation and chronic disease. Yes, and I know we're almost halfway through, so I want to make sure I have time to actually discuss the what you're an expert about. So you said diamond at doTERRA, and doTERRA has an excellent reputation in aromatherapy. And you've actually been the one who's fascinated me with aromatherapy ever since I knew you. So how did you discover aromatherapy and what was that journey which brought you to where you are in doTERRA today in aromatherapy? And what's the science behind aromatherapy? Because at one point it was considered a little woo-woo and there are still people who don't quite take it seriously in terms of a science but there's so much science behind aromatherapy and how potently beneficial it is to him restoring proper sleep so what brought you on this aromatherapy journey I want to hear all about that on this journey I've, I've become open to you know I was able to heal my children from toxicity through diet and, and specialized food food is medicine 
And that led me to the path where I became a health coach. Um, and in this journey along the way, I discovered essential oils. I actually found them via doTERRA first. doTERRA is um, a company based in Salt Lake City, Utah in America. And they source the essential oils from plants all over the world, um, which is really special because then you're, you're retaining the various nutrients that help the plants to be thriving in that environment that, that are their absolute best. And so that we know this because they go to great lengths to analyse the quality. And it's all about the constituents. So an essential oil, basically most of the time it's, it's either cold pressed from citrus or it's obtained through steam distillation from bark, seeds, leaves, roots, so all different parts of plants. And we have been using these for thousands of years. You know, there are tombs in Egypt were found to have very crude forms of frankincense essential oil, and they were still found to have constituents in there that were potentially still therapeutic. It's crazy. Um, so we've used them. We have a lot of knowledge. There's over 300 references in the Bible. Someone's trying to tell us something about these ancient gifts from plants. And they're a very concentrated way. And I particularly fell in love with them because they are separated from the plant. Anyone who has any chronic illness and sensitivities, especially lots of inflammation, they can tend to react to certain proteins and other aspects in diet, and that can be a problem. So what I found was essential oils, all that's removed, and it's just unlike full herbs, and it just can be easy for someone to be less, less intense. It just is a very more gentle way to help help the body to start to clean up and do all sorts of different things. And they're highly antimicrobial. So they work on bacteria and viruses, things that shouldn't be living in us. Quite often we're affected through our through the month. We might have certain things living in and on us that are affected by the moon. And so you have people, children that maybe wake during the night. There's all these different reasons why we have sleep being affected. Um, another major thing of why essential oils are so helpful for sleep is how they help us to reduce stress and to reduce, reduce levels of cortisol in the body. And there's literally hundreds and hundreds of studies of how even smelling an essential oil directly impacts our, our flight or fight centre, our, our reptilian brain, our limbic system, which sets off triggers for survival. And so by actually smelling something, we can change that emotional response and change having a constant fear stimulation uh, in our brain. And so over time, we can change our stress. We can change our habits because we can actually help to regulate this limbic system, which is trying to keep us safe, especially turning off our overproduction of cortisol. And that is inversely, it's the cortisol hormone, which is your stress hormone, is directly related, is inversely proportionally related to melatonin, your sleep hormone. So as one's going up, the other one's coming down. And so if we can, that's why stress is so critical. The first thing that's going to impact you is it's going to affect your sleep when you have chronic stress. There are two aspects. So you want to hold on to good memories. So you want to convert those short-term experiences, which are wonderful, into long-term memories. But you also want to release memories that don't serve you. And mm -hmm. the limbic brain is where this whole aspect of memories occurs so that's I think also another reason why aromatherapy helps so much with stress and depression because it can help you to release some of those memories that don't serve you let go of some of that old what is called um, like adverse childhood experiences or 
when the HPA axis is programmed in a way of chronic stress, what you said, fight or flight. So I think that's probably also why there's such a profound impact with aromatherapy. So how about you actually walk us through some of the essential oils that support sleep and sleep recovery? So if somebody is having really broken sleep and depression, that two-way axis between depression and sleep, then what are some of the aromatherapy oils they could use safely if they don't have anybody guiding them to begin with? Where can they begin safely with a gentle approach, which is not going to aggravate anything for them? So one of the safest things they can do um, is definitely look at look at the quality as best you can. So definitely try and purchase something that's re- um, reputable, um, organic. Unfortunately, there's no regulations, so it must make it very difficult to find something. They all say 100% pure on the outside, but it's actually, you're lucky if there's 1% lavender in there and they've not put fillers and other things. There's no regulation, unfortunately. Quite often our nose knows. Does that make sense? So, yeah, just just trust your instincts and you'll be drawn. If something doesn't smell right, then it's probably not, not for you. Inhalation. So actually, you know, your sense of smell directly impacting your limbic system and is very, very powerful. And that could be as simple as putting it into a glass bottle, adding some water, a little bit of a tiny little bit of salt or a little bit of witch hazel extract if you have it, and making a spritzer for the room. Very safe for children. You can just give it a little light spray light spray on the pillow or add a couple of drops to a pillowcase. Very safe, effective way to use essential oil, um, especially if you're not sure of the quality. And over time, actually changing our habits to have a positive association about going to sleep again. Because often when you've had prolonged issues with your sleep, you've developed habits and you've developed such amazing mental, negative mental thoughts around it. Anxiety, I call it. So yep. the anxiety that you're not going to get sleep that night, it can get so traumatic that you're never sleeping. So every time you go to bed, you go there wondering, am I going to have another bad night? So that sleep anxiety. And it actually then becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy that you just relive over and over. Retraining and having good positive association about going to bed again, developing those sleep habits, really giving yourself self-love and that self-care and, you know, going back to basics and treating yourself, if you were treating, you know, if you're looking after yourself as a newborn, what would you be doing differently in your life? You would be tucking yourself in, you would be, you know, pampering yourself, giving that little bit of extra care, switching off. So this is the other thing now. I mean, I find sleep issues are exploding because everyone's using devices. And now we're yeah, seeing yeah. children, especially teenagers, who are already having this disrupted sleep clock, the slippage in their sleep clock is just off the charts. You know, schools are now banning children from having, they're asking, you know, private schools are asking parents to not allow the children to have their devices. I'm going to stop you for a second because I want to say something that in the present situation that we are in with COVID and a lot of schools are actually shifting online and my son's school is online all day long. So they're on the system from eight in the morning to three in the evening. And this is not a situation situation that's likely to change for a while simply because it's either that or stopping school altogether so this is a real issue so they're going to be on that device so if suppose somebody had even adults who have to be on a device all day long 
there should still be something they can do to safeguard themselves perhaps a few hours before they have to actually sleep so maybe you could just go there quickly and then take us through the different aroma oils so a great point is i mean if it's during daylight hours it's not as it's not as big of an issue um just obviously give your eyes a break just to allow the, the break of that eye strain with that as well make sure you're getting some daylight around your eyes during the day that's actually how we reset our our melatonin our sleep hormone in our bodies it's actually exposure so don't always have your sunglasses on every waking every moment that you are outside you need some some sunlight getting in um, and having vitamin d affect that that clock that that melatonin sleep hormone don't look at your devices an hour before bed um, i personally don't have my mobile phone in my bedroom i know many people do use it as a as an alarm clock Put it on aeroplane mode so you're not having the you know electrical interference from from all of that. But don't look at it for an hour. And if you start to have bad habits where if you wake during the night to go to the bathroom and you look at your phone, that's completely changing your melatonin hormone and the secretion. It, it's it's very, very bad and it'll quickly decline your health quite rapidly. So if you find yourself doing that, get it out of the bedroom. Um, another thing, if you do need to be using it in those night hours before bed, Get yourself some really inexpensive block-out blue like glasses that you can just block out the actual blue um, wa- wavelength of light from your devices, and that will certainly help to to not mess up your sleep hormone um, so much. And just being aware of your habits and how they're coaching in if you're finding that sleep um, is really being affected. But with essential oils, we can then turn that around and increase adding positive associations with this this the smell of the essential oils. Um, it's not just them working on the limbic system. They work throughout the whole body all at the same time doing all these different things. You know, essential oils help our body to clean. Um, they help us to actually get rid of what shouldn't be there. So getting rid of waste, breaking down things in our body that should. It just helps our body to, in so many different ways. They act like really amazing antioxidants, racing around, mopping up free radicals. They do so many different things. And they've been proven time and time again to really help this relaxation. And that's where we bring back in the relaxation, assist sleep processes just to kick off in your body, get going. That's when we can have amazing sleep. So for that, so many oils can help you with that. Some of the big guns that I would use if there's been chronic long-term stress are definitely things like Melissa, um, vetiver oil as well. Vetiver is from the root of this really amazing tough grass. And when you look at the actual root structure, it looks like the brain. It looks like all the nerves in the brain. So it's no wonder that that's very supportive of restoring and calming the brain and the nerves. Things like ylang-ylang, beautiful, considered an aphrodisiac as well. So you use a bedtime um, with your partner. Um, clary sage, helping to support hormones. Are they, what is waking you up? So you need to get to become a bit of a detective. Mm. So is and, that something that if somebody can't uh, actually afford a practitioner, they can still find ways to just pay attention and just get to the root of that. They don't have to have somebody always guiding. I think if they just become a little bit more aware, do you think they can actually get to the roots of that by themselves? Absolutely. And just to write down what they're experiencing and they will to be able to tease out. So maybe they have no problems actually going to sleep and they do have good sleep hygiene and that they're getting off their devices and not having stimulants and lots of coffee and things late at night. I know many people going through, women going through menopause cannot eat past, you know, eight o'clock. They know they won't sleep. So people are aware of 
what some of their triggers are, you know, like really chilly, hot, spicy food for some people, they just don't sleep well all night. It just it affects their, their body temperature. So just listening to your body and getting curious and then suddenly, you know, you might be waking up at different times, at a certain time every night and that's quite often a very common story that I hear all the time. And then when you analyse it and you realise for that person waking up, there's different times during the night. So if you're waking up, if you're looking at traditional Chinese medicine and someone's constantly waking up, um, you know, at 4 o'clock in the morning, that is the area in the traditional Chinese medicine sense, your lungs are purging. Lungs are where we hold on to grief. You know, you may have recently had a loss of a loved one and it shows up. You might not be, you might be tough and holding it together during the day, but this will come through at night if you're holding on to emotions and different tissues as well. So if we're a complex being. We have our mental aspect, our physical aspect, our emotional aspect, our energetic aspect, um, and we need and our spiritual side as well. And if you're not addressing the different aspects of you, it will show up. And quite often it's in our sleep because it's such a profound part of us being able to repair and, and heal and, and live a really sound, amazing life. Let's just say that I'm uh, struggling with depression and very poor sleep and I don't know where to begin with aroma oil. So how about you just give me exactly what I need to do to begin? So maybe one or two oils, how to use. I don't even know where to start. So in, I want you to guide me from step zero. So step zero, I would just start with anything that can that can reduce stress. And so we have a beautiful blend. So there's already you can actually quite often um, you can actually purchase a blend already pre-made for sleep. And so it normally will contain some really lovely wood oils, maybe cedar wood, or it will contain things like the vetiver and and some floral oils to be a well-rounded blend, a bit like a recipe. And it's got individual oils from different plants in there. And I would start with an actual blend that's designed for sleep. So that's where I would start. And often they are they're designed in such a way to help you reduce that stress, to, to help to lower your, your cortisol, to just to start to get more positive association with sleep and just to actually be able to relax is often just what you need. And then if that's sort of not working and you, and you delve in and ask questions a little bit deeper and get curious and you realise, oh, well, it's actually I'm sleeping okay, I'm doing much better, but... I'm actually, maybe I've got some sleep apnea, or maybe I've got some snoring because I've also maybe had some bit of weight gain creeping on over the years and it's obviously the weight may be affecting my throat and that's actually causing me to have less quality sleep. There's so many different other aspects, but to get curious and ask yourself questions and just to observe and tweak things. So if it is snoring, you would use some oils. I often use it on the big toe. Sounds crazy, but you combine reflexology with the use of essential oils and it's very powerful. And so so do you of, just wrap the direct essential oil or do you need to blend it with something? You can just take the top and put it on your toe. So thyme oil is quite a warm oil, but it's a Mediterranean herb and it's wonderful for snoring. I, I find it it's very helpful. So I um, will use it with a little bit of coconut oil as I apply it and just on the tops of the big toe. Um, or you can also use that in a diffuser. You can have get electronic diffusers that don't heat the oil. So good quality oils of doTERRA's quality, we don't want to burn them with heat. We actually use cold diffusion in an ultrasonic diffuser with some water and you add the drops in and you have that going. And the fine mist. So essential oils are volatile aromatic compounds. They're very tiny little compounds that are so light they float in the air and we breathe them in. So taking them up into our lungs is a very efficient way to also 
affect our limbic system, help them to go into our respiratory system and then go throughout our body. So that's a brilliant way to be diffusing. And you can have that on before you go to bed and so it makes it so much quicker for you to be able to drift off and have a really relaxing. And I remember you even telling me that you can just drop a few drops of aroma oil on the floor when you go in for a shower and you'll still get the benefit. That sounded amazing to me because sometimes when you're in a hurry and you're feeling a bit stressed, that can be a great way to actually quickly get some self-care in. Pillow sounds wonderful as well because I definitely, I uh, made myself a sleep balm with some coconut oil and some lavender essential oil and I actually sit in bed for a few moments every night and then I just do it like a breathing exercise. So I just hold it to my nose and I take a slow deep inhale and then I just feel as if I'm relaxing myself every time I exhale. So I do that for about five minutes and that can be great as well. So I think so many ways to use aroma oils and it's a great thing to include by everybody, irrespective of what's going on in there. I think there's some way for it to support everyone on their health journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things, uh, Joanna, is that uh, about 100 million people globally are actually diagnosed with sleep disorders. And that's just who's diagnosed. So there's so much more beyond that who are struggling with day to day and they're just ignoring it as lack of sleep but as we spoke throughout the episode that can be really devastating on health and increasing inflammation what do you feel is the biggest root cause of poor sleep today the number one root cause is how stress impacts cortisol and how cortisol is inversely it's a relationship it's a dance between cortisol that rises to wake you up in the morning, that's what wakes you up, um, is that you have low melatonin and you have a burst of cortisol. That's what gets you going to wake up. And we need these two hormones to have this dance. And if you have way too much cortisol, it immediately impacts your sleep hormone. And this is the biggest the biggest issue. Then once things go awry, you're not getting sleep and it gets becomes a self-perpetuating horrendous cycle that just gets worse and worse. Then you start seeing you craving carbohydrates and stimulants to keep you going through the day. Your diet starts to slide. We all have a much shorter fuse. We're emotionally more, more challenged and we just make poor decisions. If this goes on for too long, you then actually shut down your ability to use the frontal lobe of your brain to actually have logical thinking. And you literally create massive stress in your brain um, and you affect memory, as you say. So if you're not getting enough cycles of REM, during the night, during your, the different sleep phases of 90-minute cycles, you're not able to lay down memory. So if you're a student and you're studying, you're not remembering. You maybe have the best study habits in the world, but you won't, you won't day, lay down the neural networks that you need to remember what you're learning. You, you judge yourself. You don't often, who knows this stuff? So you don't know and you then judge yourself that you're not good enough or you're not, you're not able to learn and so you must be something must be wrong with you. So we we go down these paths and we don't realise that actually it's actually the little bit of stress impacting your sleep hormones. You're not able to correct that and it actually then becomes a vicious cycle and it starts to affect so many other organ systems, especially your hormones and things too. 
And Sorry. by what, when you meant uh, the frontal lobe, I'll just want to clarify to everyone that you were talking about the prefrontal cortex, which has, we want that to be uh, optimally functioning because it's the area of our brain which is responsible for us making conscious decisions after analyzing using logic versus um, the amygdala, which where we are just reacting to things without any conscious thought. So which is really important that we work towards our brain health in that uh, direction. And uh, do you still have times where you have poor sleep today? And what actually triggers it? A very quick answer. And also, what do you do to do you just identify that right away and restore um, it before it gets into okay. something which can be potentially damaging for you? Absolutely. So obviously I've got essential oils to rely on. Um, I find myself, um, as I'm getting older, my hormones are changing. You know, if I have too much sugar in my diet, that makes me actually um, sort of have hot flushes and then that I definitely won't be sleeping very well. You know, I don't I'll drink drink wine or very much. I, I keep away from the alcohol for that reason as well. And I just feel so good. I mean, when you've had chronic health issues that are quite dire and you've had it significantly impact your life and you are able to regain your health, you don't want to do things that compromise because you know what it feels like to have poor health and you get it back, you feel blessed that you've gotten it back, you don't want to go back there. So I also rely on um, if I've had a poor night or maybe, you know, someone in the neighbourhood's having a very loud party or something like that and I, it's affecting your sleep, I'll use my, I'll rely on my, my meditation. Um, so I'll just pop my headphones on and just allow that. And I'm so, I'm so programmed to fall asleep to that that it just, I just don't hear anything else. I'm just, it's just become such a habit for my brain to go, oh, yeah, we're doing sleep now. Um, and essential oils, of course, are profound, so I'll use those a lot. Um, I also love how they help me to to share and touch my um, share touch and massage with my children. Um, I have sons, and quite often when they get to a certain age, it's like they don't want to come near you. So it's a great mm. way to help them to relax and actually overcome their day stresses as well, and especially any bumps or bruises from sport and other things, which can impact your ability to sleep if you've physically, you know strained a muscle or hurt yourself so all these different things um i weave the essential oils through everything we do in a day um, and it just all adds up to really help our body to have much more resilience not having stress impact or stress or even physical stresses in muscles and other things impacting our ability to have good sound sleep so Joanna, uh, on the Sleep Whisperer podcast, my mantra is to have you complete a sentence. So if, if sleep is the new medicine, then how would you complete that sentence? If sleep is the new medicine, make it, make it important. Fantastic. Joanna, lovely conversation and a lot of takeaways for everybody. So I think they're all going to reach out for some aroma oils and I hope they start that journey to support their recovery from depression, lack of sleep and overall great towards great health. So where can people find you if they want to follow some of your work and uh, just share that with us quickly. But thank you so much for an amazing conversation. Thank you, Deepa. Uh, you can find me, joannarustling.com um, online um, and also on Facebook. Um, I'm the only Joanna Rustling involved with doTERRA essential oils. So I have a team worldwide and, and I love to teach and educate people on how to use essential oils for all different things but sleep I'm very passionate um, because
because once I found that it was the underlying cause of my illness, it, I never looked back. Thanks for sharing your time, Joanna. And um, I'm going to pick up some of those for myself starting today. I hope you enjoyed the show. Just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only. This is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified health professional. This information is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for personal help on your health journey, do seek out a medical practitioner. Please do make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with your doctor or otherwise qualified healthcare professional. It is in no way intended as medical advice as a substitute for medical counseling or as treatment or cure for any particular health condition. Be sure to always work directly with a qualified health practitioner before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle that may feel out of your realm of comfort or understanding. If you are looking for an allied functional medicine practitioner, do seek out more information on www.phytothrive.com or www.sleepwhisperer.pro. It is important that you have someone who is qualified and understands your health personally in order to provide adequate care, especially when it comes to chronic health conditions. Thank you.